how much should you invest offshore? Investing abroad is not only about looking at different asset classes and securities beyond your home turf or gaining exposure to a wider universe of opportunities. Those who have a poor view of South Africa's future will be inclined to take a good chunk of their wealth offshore. But how much you invest offshore is a complex question with many parts. Do you intend retiring abroad or do you need income offshore for the children's education or for annual holidays? There can be a thousand other reasons. So let's get to the bottom of it. To help us explore this, we're joined by Adrian Pask, who is Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth. Hi, Adrian. Good to talk to you again. Uh, I see there's a big appetite among South Africans for investing offshore for any number of reasons, sometimes as a hedge against what they see as steady national decline. What would you say are the primary considerations for investors when they are thinking of investing abroad? Currently, what we see in the industry is quite a lot of new investment money flows. We've seen, obviously, a a lot of foreign direct investment leaving the country. Um, And obviously, that's part of the broader risk of trade, um, bringing money back to to home countries, etc., investing more conservatively. But from a local investor's perspective, what we've seen in our unit trust industry is that flows have really gone into two places, either in more conservative investments like cash deposits or money market funds. And the other beneficiary for a few years now already has been the offshore space that has really attracted a lot of capital flows. And that largely is a a good reflection of the concerns um, on investors' minds. So they obviously see what's happening in the country and take a more conservative approach, investing either in more conservative investments, as I've mentioned, or taking money abroad, feeling that the prospects there are better for the outcomes that they wish to achieve. And I imagine that there, there are other factors that you've got to consider when you're thinking of investing offshore. There's tax, there's estate planning, and various other considerations. What factors should there be to consider? Yeah, I think the most important is probably the estate planning. And I think this is where some of what we've seen publicized and what we observe anecdotally from flows, I am a bit concerned that investors aren't necessarily taking the tax considerations into account. On the fixed income space, obviously investments are often taxed at marginal income rates as opposed to capital gain rates. But more closely related to our offshore discussion is that estate planning becomes quite complicated when you start investing a portion of your assets abroad. So from a diversification point of view, it might make a lot of sense. And if you've got fears around the prospects, long-term prospects for the country, um, you could potentially justify that. But you've got to keep in mind what's going to happen with your asset base on death. And often what happens is there are significant tax implications for offshore investment. So to give you an idea, in the US and the UK, they do tax individuals who invest within their borders from abroad. And often those taxes amount to 40% of your estate invested there. So to say that you think the prospects are better on nominal terms might be true, but on an after-tax basis might actually be untrue. So with the best intentions in the world, looking at this problem just on the surface without thinking of the second and third order effects of your decision might be quite costly. Yeah, and a lot of DIY investors base their decisions on emotional reactions to things they've just heard in the news, such as the latest report on corruption or a political scandal that's just broken. I guess that's a problem. Should investors 
avoid making emotional decisions like this and rather let the professionals do it without any kind of emotion? Yes, I would absolutely be in that camp because what we see at the moment is that at a large portion of the assets flowing offshore because of these concerns. But we know, for example, that the dollar is incredibly strong at the moment. We know that U.S. markets are incredibly concentrated into a big portion in highly valued companies, as in valuation being excessive, which obviously means potential downside on the prices of those securities. So I think there's really three types of investors, I think, that we can consider when we look at what's happening in the industry at the moment. I think most DIY investors who approach this investment dilemma without the help of an advisor or an asset manager or someone that's thinking of risk-adjusted returns or that's thinking of after-tax returns um, are purely basing this decision on what they read and how they feel. And those things are typically not very good sources for making good investment decisions. We've had this chat before quite often, actually, and it can be quite toxic to the outcome. We, I think we are much closer to the right answers where we start to, for example, using a multi-asset fund like a balance fund, where these managers have quite a lot of discretion in terms of how much they want to invest offshore, how much they want to invest locally and how they assess the relative risks versus the opportunities. So you'll often hear managers say that, yes, they recognize that there's risks in South Africa, but given the price, it's excessively been priced in and they're willing to take on that opportunity, which is a a big departure from what the DIY investor is doing because they are staying away from those assets because they're only looking at the risk side of the equation. But that being said, although asset managers do add a lot more science and research to finding out what the right combination of assets are, they're thinking about portfolio construction, what's the optimal blend given the interaction between different asset classes. There is no way that a fund manager with thousands of clients can be aware of the needs of specific investors. So they don't know what your local liabilities are. You refer to this in your introduction. They don't know what your personal situation is with regards to what you need over the short term in terms of cash assets, what your needs are long term. Are you immigrating, etc.? And that's really the job of a wealth manager to come in and say, yes, this is the view from the asset management industry from a purely invest and hold perspective. But if we take into consideration what your taxes might be, on your state and what your needs are over the short term. These are the adjustments that we should make. And I think that's a a really important part of the bigger considerations that investors should keep in mind. All right. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that offshore investing is complex. It's got a lot of elements to it. People reading the news, they they might be sort of frozen in their decision-making because they read about very high, very rich valuations offshore that maybe they don't want to invest in South Africa. What's your advice to investors who've got that uncertainty as to what to do but would still like to invest abroad? Yeah, I I think for for my money at the moment, I think multi-asset funds provide a a very good alternative um, for for largely two reasons is uh, on the one hand, you've got a large spectrum of assets um, actually offering reasonable valuations. So if you think about many of our fixed income uh, asset classes locally, uh, notably uh, bonds look quite um, inexpensive, yielding quite a decent yield. Um, And then there's potential for capital appreciation, given that we are on the top of the interest rate cycle. So those instruments will typically benefit when interest rates do come down again. 
Um, and even offshore, there's opportunities, not necessarily on the S&P 500, if you look at how, how top heavy the index is, but maybe lower down on the index or maybe in Europe or in Asia or wherever. So I think uh, allowing a, a fund manager a lot of flexibility where they can have exposure to a wide range of asset classes is a good idea at this point in time, given that there are many opportunities. Um, but um, by implication also, someone that has the flexibility to navigate this, the prevailing circumstances more appropriately. Because I do think that typically investors confront this question of how much offshore only at the time that they make the investment. And then largely it's left where what you actually need is someone who keeps an eye on the various risks as they transpire and know how to deal with them as they transpire. So we see things like investors investing abroad and now with the Gaza turbulence that we've seen that immediately shakes someone up and they're asking is it still fine is it still right etc but that's really questions that um, the asset manager is already addressing in the multi-asset fund so a lot of that active management component is being done and I think investors are getting a lot of value for money in those type of products where a large scope of assets being managed quite actively to avoid risks, but also harvest the opportunities out there. All right, Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer of PSG Wealth. We're going to leave it there. Thank you, Adrian.